Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. A, a book, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus, which is like 2,000 years old. And uh, Ephesus was back in the day, it's, it's, it's more like ruins now, it's not, it's not really a big city or at least ancient Ephesus, but back in the day in Rome, in Roman times, it was a bustling city, it was the capital of Asia Minor. So it was a place that people would travel to, it was a cosmopolitan city, it was a powerful city, and it was an exciting city. And Paul is writing to this new little church that's been planted there in the the first uh, few decades after the, the, the Christ had risen, the church was being planted, and he writes to them. And if you've been with us, you would know that he's writing to them saying, I know you're a church in Ephesus, but actually you're a different kind of people. You would not take on the identity of being in Ephesus, Ephesus or being in the Roman Empire, but you'd take on the identity of who you really are. And so we see these two little words, you'd know, that go through this letter, this six chapter the letter in the book of uh, to the book uh, in the church in Ephesus, the book of Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesus church, two little words in Christ. You are in Ephesus, but really your identity, your hope, your security is found in Christ, and that changes everything. As Paul writes, as he spills out these words uh, on, on, on papyrus and sends them to the church, it's it's to say, Hey, you are you are a people who have been chosen. You're, you're a people who have been saved. You're a people who are family. You are a people who are ultimately loved. You are loved. You know, I reckon that's the big question that every person in our world asks. Come on, for you as well. It's that, that question of, am I loved? It's the deepest yearning of who we are. We want to know that we are loved. And as Paul spills out these words, he says, because you're in Christ, you've been saved, you've been redeemed, you've been rescued, you've been restored, you've been invited into a new family, you are loved. But Paul doesn't stop there. In Ephesians chapter 6, which we're going to dive into really quickly this morning, he says that because you are loved, you are sent out to carry my love, to carry out the purposes that you've called us to. That actually we're part of a greater story, a bigger story, a greater narrative. It's not just all about me. It's not all about the self but it's actually about a bigger story. You and me, we have been invited into a bigger, greater, grander story. That's exciting. That's exciting. See, God invites us through His love into a greater story. And so we're going to open up uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 10. If you've got your Bibles, open it up. The words will be on the screen behind me. And... uh, I'm going to read the story. And kids, I want you to pay attention too, because through there, there might be some questions that come up a little bit later. So here we go. Verse 10, Paul writes, he says, finally, you know, he's coming to the end when he says, finally, 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Evil, darkness, heavenly realms, cosmic powers. We don't really talk about that these days, do we? We live in... This is a big word we call an imminent world. It's a material world. We find this, right? So if you are depressed or if you're struggling, if you're unhappy, what's, what's the answer to your problems in our world, material, secular, Western world today? Well, it's not. Well, just you need to understand that you're part of a big cosmic world. And there's this supernatural thing in there. We are, we are part of this big supernatural thing. And there's this big story being outplayed. Is that, is that what we think about? No. We think about, well, what's on Netflix? Or uh, do I need to go to the shops to buy something to make me feel better? We live in a materialistic world. You know, many people wouldn't say they're atheists, but we're practical atheists, right? Because we live as if there is no transcendent. We're effectively people who live in the material or, another word, an imminent world. So what we do, and this philosopher Charles Taylor says this, he says that what we do in our imminent materialistic world is we try and find transcendent moments, transcendent feelings to make us feel like we're part of this bigger story. And we see this in a whole range of different ways, music, art, drama, the theatre, and particularly in the movie theatres. So there are these movies that we go and watch that kind of draw us up into this cosmic world that, you know, that Paul's talking about. And so you've got probably the biggest kind of franchise at the moment in movies is, we've got, the, we've got a picture of the Marvel Avengers. Anyone love their Marvel films? Anyone just, whenever it comes out, you love going and seeing whatever it is? You know, drawn up into this cosmic world. There was about three of you. That's a little disappointing. I thought there would be a few more that, that want to go and see... Thor or whatever, Thor's the new one out, isn't it? Or DC Comics, or Star Wars, or Lord of the Rings. Man, Lord of the Rings, it just keeps coming around. I turned on the TV two nights ago and there we are again. The Fellowship of the Ring is on TV. It's just kind of like it's always there. I don't know what it is, but I love Lord of the Rings. Why do we love these, why do we love these movies? Why do we love these stories? Because it draws us up into a greater story. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and he says, hey, guess what? We're part of a bigger cosmic story. This isn't fantasy land. This is true and this is real. There is a greater truth. There is a greater story that we are invited into, that we're part of. You know, this was significant for C.S. Lewis, who I'm sure many of you know, C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, another cosmic story, another cosmic battle. Who's heard of C.S. Lewis? Many of us. Well, C.S. Lewis was an atheist. And uh, he, he was an academic. He worked both in Oxford and Cambridge. And he studied... Uh, Middle Age, uh, uh, mythical narrative and, and, and writing. And, uh, and he had a friend that he worked alongside, who was a little bit ahead of him, and his name was J.R.R. Tolkien, author of Lord of the Rings. Now, Tolkien was a Christian. 
C.S. Lewis was an atheist, and they would spend a lot of time talking about literature, and, and uh, particularly in the uh, Middle Ages, and, and all the myths and the narratives going right back throughout history. And as C.S. Lewis grappled with mythology, as he grappled with these grand stories, J.R.R. Tolkien managed to just journey with him and point him to Jesus. To the point where C.S. Lewis came to a realisation of going, oh, all these myths, all these great ancient stories actually point to the greatest story. That actually the story of Jesus, this great cosmic story that Paul is talking about is the true myth as C.S. Lewis talks about. And C.S. Lewis, uh, I've, I've put two quotes together here, says this, We are told that Christ was killed for us, that his death was washed out, has washed out our sins, and that by dying he disabled death itself. That is the formula. The heart of Christianity is a myth which is also fact. The old myth of the dying God without ceasing to be myth comes down from heaven of legend and imagination to the earth of history. It happens at a particular date, in a particular place, followed by definable historical consequences. We pass from a boulder or, or a Osiris, dying nobody knows where or when, to a historical person crucified. It is all in order under Pontius Pilate. By becoming fact, it does not cease to be myth. That is the miracle. For C.S. Lewis, he realised that every story points to, leads to this human longing, our hearts longing for that true story, that true myth, that Jesus has come. He stepped down from heaven to earth. He has died for us. He has redeemed us. We can know the love and the rescue of God. He has defeated sin and death. Good has ultimately overcome evil. And that is the good news. As Paul writes to Ephesus, he's saying there is a cosmic struggle, there is a cosmic battle, but God has won. Jesus has defeated the evil of this world, the evil that they see in Ephesus, the evil that we see today. And come on, let's be honest for a moment. When we when we break away our eyes from the distractions of, of, um, of Netflix or shopping or consumerism or whatever it is, if we're really honest for a moment, it doesn't matter how we try and pursue happiness or whatever it is, evil still remains. Evil is still there. As we look out into our cities, as we look out into our communities, we see brokenness, we see shame, we see poverty, we see addictions, we see abuse, we see violence. We experience health issues, mental health issues, loneliness, depression, whatever it is. Evil is still at work in our world. But the good news is for us today is that God has defeated evil. Love has won. Love has won. And so Paul is writing, he's saying, as I've articulated your identity is all in this, you need to know that you are safe and secure. Love has overcome. Love has won. And you get this picture uh, that Paul, I reckon, is his writing. And we're going to dive a little bit more, but he's writing in Isaiah 59. He's harking back to the character and the nature of God. He's pulling on some prophetic words from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. We read in Isaiah 59 these words from verse 14. So justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. 
Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. And so what, he do, what does he do? So his own arm reached, achieved salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. God steps down. The prophet writes, Isaiah writes, said God reaches down. That is the great story that God has stepped down from heaven to earth, a heart full of justice, a heart full of love, a heart full of truth, wanting to redeem and restore all of creation from its brokenness and its pain. God reaches down to save us and he reaches down in the person of Jesus Christ. God has a greater purpose. There is a greater narrative and we are invited into that purpose. As we experience his redemption and love, he says to us, that is my purpose and now it's your purpose too. We are invited to do what God has done for us. That's so exciting. And so in Isaiah 59, we read these words. The next words go, he put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. Well, that's really interesting language. But when we read Ephesians chapter 6, you can see how Paul is also grabbing hold of these same motifs. Just as God has been clothed with justice and righteousness and truth, Paul says, you need to put on the armour of God. God clothes himself in the Old Testament. We are clothed in the New Testament because of his saving grace. And so Paul writes, Ephesians chapter 6, you sticking with with me? Ephesians 6, chapter 13. Therefore, kids, I want you to be listening. Okay, dial in now. You ready? Have I got your attention? Been, we're all good. Here we go. Therefore, you may know this actually. You may know this passage. In fact, I know you sing songs about this. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Paul, with Isaiah 59 in his mind writes about what we are invited to. We are to clothe ourselves with God. And he uses the language of a Roman soldier. Now, a Roman soldier had all the army. You can imagine he's thinking about Ephesus. Paul is writing from Rome and he's got in his mind a Roman soldier. And a Roman soldier would be dressed with all the armour that is listed here in, in Ephesians chapter 6. And the role of the Roman soldier after four months of rigorous training would execute the will of the king, execute the will of the Caesar. That was the role of the Roman soldier. Hold on, hold on, to wait do a second. The Sorry. Will of the Sorry, wait, am, am I too late? Is this the right place? Oh, it's a nice ceiling. Yeah. Oh, is this, is this the right place? Well, what are you doing? Well, I've, who, I've, are, who are you? Well, 
Who am I? What? I am Octavius Gluteus Maximus. <laughs> Who are you? Well, Who are I'm you? The, I'm the pastor of Gateway Baptist City Campus, AD 2022. What, what are you doing? Mate, where are you? are running late. I, yeah, sorry, a bit late. Traffic was crazy from Ephesus. Uh, yeah, there was a, a crash on the Silk Road. And right. There's a boat, needs rebuilding. Oh, it took extra 2,000 years. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I'm, impre- I'm impressed you're here. So you, yeah. You, you got the red bags. I got, yeah, my red bags. It's got uh, some of my favourite Roman snacks. Uh, right. Wheat bix. Wheat? What? Wheat bix. Yeah, from Rome. Oh, right. Golden goodness from Roman farms to Aussie kids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, what else, what else have you... Oh, I've got tissues, of t- course. T- yeah, white tissues. Tissues? Well, for our enemies. Because <laughs> right. when we crush them, they, right. will, they will be crying. Oh. <laughs> right. I, I heard that you had a pandemic in AD 19. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> OK. <laughs> well, uh, you, are, you are a little late, but... Your, your timing is actually impeccable because I was literally just talking about Roman no way. soldiers. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. So I wonder whether you can help. Come over yeah, here. Okay, sure. Yeah, we, we might. Yeah, just stay there. Just stand there. <laughs> At ease, soldier. All righty. So because you've got the uh, the, the armor, I'm gonna. I think we should ask the kids whether they remember the different elements of the armor. Of God. Okay, so we're just going to go right down. Is that okay, kids? Now, you need to stick your hand up, and Octavius Gluteus Maximus here is going to help you. He's going, you're going to decide who put their hand up first to answer. So, kids, you ready? And I have some chocolates here from Rome. <laughs> Ephesus, in fact, the Silk Road. <laughs> Must have been a bad horse crash. I'm going to say yeah, it was pretty bad. Years, yeah. Yeah. All righty, so the helmet of... Who knows? Yes. The helmet of salvation. Catch. Here, have another one. There we go. The uh... kids, what's this one? The other back. The breastplate of righteousness. Correct. All oh, heads, tails. Sorry, that was a bad throw. Oh, good job. Um, the uh, the dress of no, I think that's that's actually a belt. That's a, it's a nice dress. There. Yep, the belt of belt of the belt of truth. Correct. Good one, Maddie. Here you go. Uh, we're, we're working away. Let's go. This one. The the shield of who knows. Yep. The shield of faith, correct. Here we go. All right, we've got two more. Two more, here we go. Um, the, let's do this one. The sword. Who knows what the sword is? Yep, over here. The sword of the spirit, well done. And the last one, the sh... They're all the rage in Greece. In Greece? Yeah, got them on my tour. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, the three stripes. The three stripes, yeah, the three, the Greek, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Adidas. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know Adidas was Greek. Yeah, me neither. I thought it was German. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, sorry, yeah, the, the shoes, shoes, of which are the... Yeah. Right yeah. up the back. Right at the back. Shekinah. Peace. Peace. 
Jeez, yes, well done. You're a long, long, long way away. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, Viv. There's a baby up the back there too. Listen, well done, kids. Uh, thank you so much, Octavius. Gluteus Maximus. Thanks. I'm so glad you made it. You were a little late, but 2,000 years, that's great commitment. Yeah, it's got my steps in. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> right, good. Why don't you thank Octavius Gluteus Maximus. God clothes us with himself. He gives us his purpose. He gives us his purpose. He gives us truth. He gives us righteousness. He gives us salvation. He gives us faith in order that we can carry out the purposes for which he has called us to. And what is our purpose? Our purpose is to love. Our purpose is to come and to push back the powers and the principalities of evil which we see in our community everywhere. We are called to clothe ourselves in him in order that we may go out in love so that we can bring hope and healing and life into places of poverty where people are struggling from addictions, where there is abuse and violence, where there are health issues, where people are struggling with anxiety, where people are struggling with depression. And we all do. We all walk through these seasons. But God has called us as his people. He's given us a purpose to go with life, joy and hope. That is the good news of the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus. And here's the thing. People will not listen until they're first loved. We are called to take the good news of the gospel. But people will, we know this, you know this. People don't listen unless they are first loved. So God has called us to go out with a wave of love, with a wave of red bags, whatever he has given us, whatever he has clothed us with, whatever he's put in our hands to go and to love. And that's why we're committed to doing what we're doing committing to loving those through our care ministries, by loving our community, by loving our city. Let me just give you some stats as to what we've, what we've done in the last 12 months. You know, in the last 12 months, 2,647 red bags have been given out from our care centres. 3,621 counselling sessions have been, have been given through our three locations and our online counselling ministry. We have 150 volunteers serving across our five campuses. You know, we've just started our neighbours ministry and some of you are involved with neighbours, a van going down to Logan and loving uh, the people down there. You know, in the la we've only just started. We've done six so far. We've reached 12 different nations, 140 families, impacting 643 people. And in the city, 50 to 60 people each week are touched by our ministry here. That's over 2,200 connections in the past 12 months. That's over 1,000 up and goes. That's over 400 lunches, hot meals served. You know, throughout our care ministry, there have been this year over 16,000 care connections through our care centres, our op shops, our counselling ministry and our neighbours ministry. God has called us to love those around us. And as we love them, we actually are called 
We get, we're given opportunities to proclaim the good news of Jesus that God loves them. Just as we know that God has loved us, so too we are clothed and we are sent with a purpose to proclaim the good news of Jesus. As we carry red bags, as we go through doors, as we have conversations, it opens up opportunities to share the gospel, to speak life and hope that Jesus has won. That every one of us can know life, can hope. That, that that yearning, that longing in our heart that goes beyond the temporal, that goes beyond the material, that goes beyond the Netflix or the or the shopping centre or whatever's happening right in front of us. That, that deepest longing to know that we're part of something bigger. To know that actually we're loved. We carry that hope. We carry that life, that truth. And we get to offer it. What a great joy. Does that excite you? Does that that give you life? Does that fill you up? It should. It should. And in a moment, we're going to celebrate that. I want to say, before we we, we worship and before we come and we we bring our red bags as, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, if you are here and maybe you're visiting, maybe you've been brought along, uh, invited by a friend today and you've got questions, maybe you're visiting, maybe this is your first time in church after a long time, maybe this is your first time in church ever and you don't know the love of Jesus. You haven't come to a place of accepting and knowing Jesus and saying, yes, I know that I need forgiveness. Yes, I need rescuing. I need redemption. I encourage you to explore. We run Alpha. Alpha is a great course where you can explore over seven weeks online or in person. Uh, we, we do one every term in a non-pressured way where you can ask some of these big cosmic questions like, what is my purpose? Why am I here on this earth? Who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? What's this whole story about? And you can explore it in your own way, non-pressured way. I'd encourage you. You can jump online, you can use the QR code, find out more about Alpha. We'll be doing one next term. Love to have you. If you have any questions, come and see me after the service. I'd love to chat with you. There is a greater story. We are loved and we are invited to go out into our community, our city and our world with love. Hey, I wonder whether we can stand across this place. Come on, let's stand. We're going to worship and we are going to sing And give thanks to God this morning for all the things that He has placed in our hands. And in celebration, we're going to, in a small way, uh, come and bring that. And kids, have have you got your hearts? Wave them in the air, even though I probably won't be able to see you too well. Awesome. You are welcome to bring them down as well. Listen, I realize that perhaps some of you um, may have just walked in for the first time. You had no idea that we were doing this today. That is absolutely fine. Feel no pressure. Don't feel embarrassed at all if you don't have anything to bring today. This is something that that obviously we do each year and you haven't been uh, prepped for that. So there's no pressure at all. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. We're going to give thanks to God. We're going to glorify Him. And when you're ready, if you have a red bag or two or three, we'd love for you just to come down and we're going to celebrate together all that God is and His love and what He's placed in our hands. And I'd love for you just to put it on the stage at the front here. And uh, we're going to fill this stage with red bags. 
You good to do that? So come on, let's sing. Let's worship. Let's praise God. Let's uh, glorify Him. And when you're ready, come down the aisles. Bring your red back. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through those doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.